Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at a story or narrative-focused game. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this time we are finishing up Life is Strange Before the Storm with episode three, Hell is Empty. Are you pumped, Duncan? Wrap it up. We're doing it. it. We're doing it. Wrap her up like a present. She's done. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Just like that. We're going to be handing her off to the next beautiful podcast that wants to talk about it. Whoa, wait, what? That's how this goes, Duncan. Only one podcast is allowed to talk about a game at once. And then once you do it, it's good. That's some weird alternative gift exchanges. Have you ever been in a weird alternative gift exchange? Uh, nothing weird. No, I mean, I've done, like, stupid normal gift exchanges <laughs> for, like, families, but I haven't done, like, hey, everybody get a gift made out of, like, a stick and shampoo or something. I don't know what you would do, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I've asked you a really, really bizarre question that you probably have no answer to, and I don't either. Yeah, so, well, there you go. I mean, that's great how you opening. start a podcast. <laughs> that's called a cold open, and sometimes it turns out like this. Ooh, it's so, chilly. It's chilly. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, as, as you guys may know, this is obviously the third one in the Before the Storm trilogy. This is the final episode. There is a bonus episode coming out in a month, I think, something around there. Um, we'll be unrelated to this story. We'll we'll definitely play that. We don't know whether or not we're going to cover it yet, just seeing whether or not there will be enough there to do an episode on. So, yeah. you know, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. We'll uh, We'll let you know. Probably because we're we're life is strangeaholics. Yes, that's we'll that's see. what I call us. Life <laughs> is strangeaholics. You know, I'm just Can't all on that that life is trains. Life, life is trains. Is trains. trains. <laughs> life, life is, is trains. trains. <laughs> no, life is trains, dude. I'm they making would, the mod. Dude. I'm making the mod. <laughs> <laughs> Replace all the character models with trains. What type of train would Chloe be? <sighs> Should be some broken down like train that still works really well and it's kind of you know kind of pretty but you know no one really wants to have her deliver coal i don't know what trains really do <laughs> man that was spot on i was just thinking she'd be like thomas the tank engine because she's got blue hair and he's blue but like <laughs> yours is good too <laughs> you put me in a corner i did nobody puts duncan in a corner um grr, grr, so, let's get to it because we are not <laughs> on it for this opening yeah no it's great <laughs> fucking pull really the cord on this one man so we start obvious spoils guys obvious spoilers go play the game uh and also same format as last time so we're just gonna go through chronologically but we'll be talking about things as i go so don't think that you can listen to it if you've only played the first 30 minutes of the game yeah. and then stop if any of you do that, because I know people who do that with podcasts, and it's weird. Yeah, you're all fucking weirdos if you do that. So, <laughs> but we love you. But we love you. <laughs> the the episode two ended with the big reveal that the woman that we saw is Rachel's biological mother, and so we get a sequence here. Where, um Amber's dad is explaining. Uh, Rachel's birth Rachel's, Rachel's and dad. through like a weird viewfinder kind of dream sequence mm-hmm. pretty reminiscent of the last episode of the first game uh, for those of you who've played it and a little you kinda, bit yeah you kind of get peeks into the different stages of um uh Sarah's uh, you know motherhood and we learn that she 
got really high and left Rachel as a small bab. And, uh, God damn it. <laughs> and Rachel's dad came home and was like, I can't let this happen again. And it also told, you know, of their love, their initial story and how, uh, what's, what's her, what's the other mom's name? Rose. Is Rose, Rose. Yeah. How Rose, Rose yeah. kind of stepped in and all that stuff. So you get a, you get a little peek into that. And then Rachel goes upstairs because she's obviously very upset you can kind of putz around the house. So, yeah, we'll talk just... to people. And man, man, do I regret talking to any of those characters <laughs> at that beginning scene cuz those were some long drawn out conversations. Uh, I mean, the one with with Rose wasn't that drawn out. I mean, yeah. I guess I may have chosen options that made it a little bit shorter cuz I didn't ask how she was doing. I just asked if she needed help with anything. <laughs> and then she tells you to get the broom. Yeah. Just, God. <laughs> For no reason. Also, so this is great. She tells you to go get the broom so you can obviously help sweep. I don't yeah. know. Sweep but up the glass because the yeah, table broke. That's fair. That's fair. So you walk over to the little closet where the broom is, the broom closet, the breezeway. Oh, my God. Um, the breezeway. <laughs> and you open it, and the broom's right there. There's also like a box of T-shirts underneath it that says for donations, and you see one that you like, and you're like, hey, can I have this T-shirt? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, there was like a massive family crisis that just happened. Everyone's <laughs> life was destroyed. And you're like, yo, you uh, you going to finish that T-shirt? Can I get that T-shirt? <laughs> I know, dude. I love that part. And I, I think it's really awkward how she asks for it, too. Like, it's in a donations box. Yeah. I think you're cool to take it. She's... She's done so much other things that I, I don't think she has, like, not the balls to steal a T-shirt from a donation box. It's just weird that she asks in such a very, like, polite, normal manner. She just doesn't take it. But, yeah. anyways. It's bizarre, but... But, hey, anything for, for some for some divergence and different plot part points, you know? Obviously. Will you get the shirt? Won't you get the shirt? Oh man, Big the choices choice. are crazy. Big choice. So I do like that. You know, I got the broom, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna sweep it up now." And she's just like, "No, I'll take that." And uh, <laughs> you know, it, it feels like a really weird fetching quest. And I kind of would like to have a little scene where you clean with her and you kind of talk to her and everything like that. But no, nah, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> you don't get that. You just get the broom, and then she tells you that she's not threatened by other women, and like that's fair, but. Yeah, I mean, it was know. just a kiss. <laughs> yeah, and it was a it kiss was goodbye. A long kiss. <laughs> I get that. I will say, um, the scene where you're walking around in the Amber house talking to people was kind of not great. I thought. No. Um, that being said, I actually really liked the viewfinder scene. I thought that was really cool. No, I thought the viewfinder scene was fair, but the um, the afterwards scene just felt like repetition of things that we've already talked about to all the characters yeah i really wish i had just gone straight upstairs exactly i have that written down i'm like i wish i just would have gone straight upstairs it was a terrible beginning to something i'm like i think they should know at this point that like everyone is gonna try and go through everything so if you're gonna try and like put extra stuff in there maybe put a little bit more work on it yeah, and the, the the original Life is Strange was guilty of this too, of just being oh, like, yeah. okay, we've cut the momentum of this scene because you're gonna go click on a bunch of shit that Max is gonna say nothing interesting about. Like, yeah, that's just kind of what they do. Um, 
and I was a little disappointed to see it. I will say that you find your scene, though. You do get a very good scene of them courting each other where you just get some of the best dancing I've ever seen from James. <laughs> where, I mean, I don't know what people were doing, but it looked like they just had four different people, like, mouse click on his different limbs and just kind of shake them wildly and be like, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what dance he's doing today. Uh, and it was not. It was that not Alex, great, but it was also very, very good. That's that's how white people dance. It is more or less how I dance, so I I'm okay with it. Yeah. Same man, same. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was that was pretty good. I did like the whenever they try and do one of those dream weird sequences, especially in these first three episodes. I haven't been huge fans of them, but like you said, I think this is probably one of their better ones. Yeah, I think they've been pretty hit or miss in the first two episodes. I will say there's a couple of those in this episode, and I yeah. think most of them hit pretty well with me. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll agree with that one, too. So, that's good. But yeah. yeah, this was kind of, like you said, it was short and what felt like somewhat unnecessary scene, just because I didn't like, I didn't care and Chloe wouldn't care yeah. what her parents have to say. Chloe would just, like, the reason you talked to them in the previous one is because you were abandoned with them and were forced to. And yeah. now it's like, hey, super awkward family crisis, most uncomfortable situation of my life. I guess I'll just go talk. And also, to these all people. the characters, all the characters are really trying to get you to talk to to Rachel. Like both yeah. mom and dad are like, you should really go up there and talk to her. And your Chloe's <laughs> just like, nah, I'd rather just hang out down here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you guys are so cool though. Come on. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So that was not. The best intro, but it was short, so I kind of forgave it pretty yeah. quickly. Um, because after that, you have a scene where you follow Rachel upstairs, obviously, and go into her bedroom. Um, and you see her kind of laying depressed on the bed after everything, which is totally understandable. Uh, and then you go try and find a way to cheer her up. You know, you can talk to her, which basically just says, I'm really glad you're here. Uh, and your way of doing that is taking, like, a star nightlight that she has and screwing it onto a big flashlight that she has in her room, um, which is fine. But also, like, she turns it on. She's like, this needs a lot more light. But she also didn't turn off the other lights. So I don't know how you make that judgment call, but whatever. Uh, and then she, you know, turns it on, and it's really sweet. Uh, and then they have a long conversation um, just on her bed about everything that happened and about you know, sort of what their plans are and how, what Rachel's state is and how Chloe can relate to that um, with her dad and having passed away uh, and, you know, what their next steps will be, which, as they determine, is going to be trying to find Rachel's mom, Sarah, because she wants to talk to her, which I think, again, is totally fair. Uh, and, you know, that scene sort of concludes of its own merit. You do get a scene in there where you're you know, listen to music and lay together, and, like, I think that's a really good scene. I really like whenever this game does that, but that's that's kind of the whole thing, is just two people connecting, and I will say that this scene worked very, very well for me. I don't know if you felt that way, but I really, really, really liked this scene. Um, I think it was good, but it didn't, like, jump to me as, like, this means a lot to me, or this makes me feel things in a way that it might have for you where I was just like, this is a well-crafted scene and I give it a passing grade, but there's like no kind of like, I don't have intensive like feeling towards it. I will say that the stars rotate without the motor being there. <laughs> like to I mean, rotate the thing. Look, just saying, just fine. saying, just it's saying. Fine. 
it's there fine. was um there was a line in there which I didn't actually mention where you know Rachel basically says that she always loved the stars and they're beautiful but they're all lies because the stars they're are all, all dead, dead which they're yeah. not all dead but I get it uh which at first I was like uh, okay that's a little cheesy but I guess I could see a high schooler being overly dramatic and saying that but then they kind of play with that for a while and and talk about how they're still beautiful anyway and they're not all dead and uh I I think yeah. they end up pulling that off I just think the writing in this scene tends to be pretty good and also i think rachel's voice actress fucking kills it in this scene which i don't know that i thought as much in the last two episodes but really? she did very very well in this scene like i nah, completely I she bought was pretty good all around but she's yeah. good but she was just like she was just good i thought and i thought this scene she was like phenomenal best yeah yeah hmm. so i i was very very happy with that overall you know what's one thing I really like about this game is I get mm. ridiculously excited to explore someone's room. <laughs> like really? it's it's really cool to like see all these different characters and then get to see their rooms because you get to kind of see it. It shows a different perspective of the kind of person they are, and I mean I guess you can say that about real life too. But yeah. I don't get that because there's a lot of translations from real life to games, especially in this one. This is one of those translations that I don't see very often. It's like exploring someone you met and figuring out their room and figuring out the way they like to like have things and the kind of things they put on their wall. And there is a focus on the like drama and comedy masks above her bed. Mm -hmm. I feel like like the, when the camera is moving around, they kept yeah. into that, which I, I don't know what significance that has, but like, there's just a lot of cool, little tidbits in there it's not even so much the little bits that you walk up to and inspect and chloe says something in her head it's more just how it's generally set up and the kind of things they have in their room so yeah it's like look at the difference between how like chloe and rachel has have in their room you know oh I mean? yeah it's they crazy do, different they do a good job of that of setting up the um like character development in the environment in those areas, yeah. which is always something impressive. And, and I always think greatest in good. the rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Especially of the teens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think there were, there were two graffitis in her room, which I've been pretty back and forth on the graffiti aspect and how much I like it. Man. Um, but I actually like yeah. the ones in this one because it was like, I mean, you could do something in a planner, which was a dumb joke. There were a lot of like things that you could do that were just, a joke or a one-liners that were supposed to be funny that felt really out of place in the scene because it was like a really serious moment. Yeah. Um, but you do like, she has a big map of the U S on her wall and you do get to tag that and you get to decide whether to tag it with like something you said on the train or something she said on the train that either way was like personal and applicable to the situation. Mm -hmm. And that was one where I was like, you know what? That's really good. I like that. That one was all right. The planner one, I, I, rolled my eyes out i mean you're just it, making you know. things for me to do you know yeah and but. making jokes about having sex duncan didn't you get the joke sex. about having sex sex <laughs> sex <laughs> sex sex baby what do you want <laughs> uh, um, yeah overall though i like i said i really like the scene uh it kind of introduces i think you know obviously you get this entire time but i think the theme um running throughout this entire game trilogy but most especially running throughout hell is empty in particular there's definitely a theme of lies and what they mean to people and why people tell them um, mm -hmm. and whether they're inherently good or bad 
Um, and this kind of sets that up with Rachel talking about how her entire life was a lie and talking about how the stars were lies um, and them kind of going back and forth on, on what that means. I think Yeah, it sets the stage for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is developed throughout, God, most of these scenes, impressively enough, uh, yeah. which I, I really like. So I think overall this was definitely, although the introduction, you know, the first scene where you get to walk around in the Amber household was weak, um, I think the viewfinder yeah. was really cool, and I thought this scene was really strong. Which so is overall, why I wish I just would have gone right upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it would have made, made the perfect solid <laughs> intro if you just ignored James and Rose. But yeah, no such luck. So after that, you kind of like fall asleep, I guess. Yeah, because you're gonna have... go home. So this is just like an in between scene. Yeah. So you have this reoccurring dream about your dad and driving and this time it's super weird because you're on the stage of the play that you Mm -hmm. did in the last episode and you're on chairs and like you're in the same raven outfit and uh there are multiple characters watching uh mostly the I feel like mostly the ones that look negatively to her yeah, or they like think the disapproving that, characters for the most yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, Rachel's parents, your parents, um, Dutch Wells and Victoria. I think that's, those are all of them. But uh, so you kind of like play out the general scene again, except you kind of go in depth with your dad a little bit more about how, I feel like this begins the conversation of of the lies thing, right? Yeah, between yeah. like her and her dad a little bit. Yeah, between her and dad and and there's some like real like disapproving looks or like my the one that really got me is where oh they're talking about memories and they're talking about fixing the car and mm. she's like, That didn't happen with you and then David like nudges um <laughs> nudges uh oh my god i'm really bad at the names joyce. This time around. joyce nudges joyce and is like that's me that was me <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like ah oh, that's that was painful to watch yeah and then um like he's like hey that don't worry it's all just like special effects and wingdings and all that stuff and then she leaves the area and then he gets hit by a real truck Yep. <laughs> and the best line that Victoria's ever had oh, delivered. And she just goes, Boo. <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> I like uh, that part. <laughs> yeah. So I was really skeptical going into the scene because I was like, it's another dream sequence. And the last one we had was Surprise Two Face, which I didn't like. That was Boo. Yeah, that was, that was um, bad for sure. But, but this, I like this one this a lot. This was really good. Yeah. I I think they were almost toying with some like themes of when someone's dead they're not really dead. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they're definitely. they're kind of like how she's in his she'll always be in his memory and they say it later is like you'll always be the perfect dad mm-hmm. because, you know, well we'll get into that one later, but it it's it's really good the way that they they injected some different thoughts instead of just being weird. 
Like, I feel like the last one was just weird for the sake of being weird, you know? Yeah, it was, like, a foreshadowing that Rachel was going to be trouble, basically, but that was it, and this one felt yeah. like it had something to say. And also, I really, really like the theme that they put in there that's like, hey, you know, your memory is powerful, and, like, you can still, like, have a relationship with somebody who's dead. They can still be, like, an impactful part of your life, especially, mm-hmm. you know, given... You know, everything that happens later in the game, and especially given everything that happens in fucking the original Life is Strange, which takes place after this, it's a kind of a really powerful theme to get across of, like, hey, this is how impactful people can be, knowing that Rachel doesn't make it to the original Life is Strange and how important she is to Chloe. Um, so I really enjoyed them doing that. And also, it was just kind of cool. Like, it wasn't weird for the sake of weird, but it was really fucking weird. Yeah, and I it was that. a good combination of weird and had a message, you know? Yeah. Because so, you can't have one without the other if you're going to no. do one of those scenes. I mean, unless it's just, like, really weird. You can get away with yeah. it if it's super weird and that's the tone you set. But they didn't, yeah. they didn't earn that in the last episode. In Two-Face. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess but, I get now, Two-Face, the whole lying theme. Yeah, still, again. Like, it, doesn't, it didn't connect at the time. No, the theming is really it. good, but I still think that was not a strong scene in the last episode. But, again, yeah. this one worked out really well i was in i bought it i really like i knew it was gonna happen when he was like oh it's all just special effects you know sound effects and stage lights and then she like yeah. stepped away and i was like he's gonna fucking like we're gonna see him get hit by a fucking car aren't we and then he gets hit by a truck and i was like i knew it was gonna happen but it still kind of fucked me up a little bit i was like yeah. oh fuck <laughs> oh Holy shit, that's so messed up. And then, you know, well, I think Victoria's it's just the image. Attention. <laughs> <laughs> Made me giggle. Uh, I think it's the, like, r- realisticness of... Because we're around cars so much that, like, Ooh. when you see, like, something that's going, like, 50, 60 miles an hour destroy a human, it just gives you that clench because you realize how often you are around that. Like, when I see, I don't know, like someone fall in a sand pit and they're like oh god i'm getting sucked in by the sand i'm like i'm never near quicksand you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah but i'm by 60 mile per hour trucks all the damn time like yeah it's a lot more yeah. threatening anyway that was a little bit of a segue but you know it's good no it's good um so yeah that the dream sequence very good this time right? nice Pan. job Pan. nice job then yeah uh so then we we wake up the next morning with chloe sneaking into her room uh, so that she doesn't have to kind of go through everything. And then she makes the all-important decision very early on of what outfit to wear. Um, oh. Actually, I think first she does take a shower. You know, you, you walk yeah, around she, a room, you interact with objects. There's I tried special to, there. I tried to change, and she was like, no, shower it needs to happen. Which I also, I was like, yo, if you're trying to be sneaky, taking a shower when your mom's downstairs is not the way <laughs> They're playing it. loud music. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> But yeah, they're they're playing loud music, and you know, Chloe hears like, "Oh, my mom's playing music," and then she goes and takes a shower. Again, nothing really interesting happens prior to that, in my opinion. Um, after that, though, um, after she showers, she does dye a little strip of her hair blue, which was, you know, that's a big moment. That's a pretty big moment, Duncan. Yeah, I was excited. I was hyped. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah!" She found the blue hair dye. This is it. I, this is when she becomes the Chloe honestly, that I know. I wanted it to be weirdly more impactful. You know what I mean? Like I, for some reason, I just I put the blue hair on a pedestal <laughs> that could never be achieved. Like I just thought, whoa, she has a different hair color now. There has to be some like bigger life changing event that made her just you know 
change that about herself. And then I realized changing your hair color really isn't a big deal. (laughs) But, I mean, it was, like, it was a big change, right? She came back energized and ready to, like, go into shit with Rachel and with a new view on the permanence of things, which she talks about in her, uh, like, journal entry to Max at that time. She talks about how, like, nothing is permanent, and she's kind of started to realize that, which is why she was totally okay with just dyeing her hair, like, whatever, it's not a big deal. Um, It it was, like, a, a, not a big moment, like, not a life-changing event, but it was a, you know, like, a viewpoint event. You know, she changed the way that she looked at things. Did you notice the, like, the, the feather... The thing that Rachel has is blue. Yep. Kind of like hung up the same side of the face. I yep. like that quite a lot. That was good. Yeah. That was good. So that was smart. That was smart. Um, yeah. The so blue thing. She she dyes her hair, and then she goes and changes um, into three different outfits, only one of which was the right choice, which, Duncan, I'm sure you made the Fire right choice. Cone. Well, you know, agree to disagree then, I guess <laughs> is what it is, because the fire cone had the jean jacket, right? Yeah. Pretty yes. sure Firecone had a jean jacket, and I was pretty yeah. much never going to be about that life no matter what happened. Um, so I went with the sweet dragon shirt that had a dope Wait, dragon. Wait, no, it didn't have a jean jacket. Didn't it? It did, didn't it? No. I'm pretty sure it did. I wouldn't be caught dead with a jean jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's what you say, but you put on the Firecone shirt, so I don't hold know. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's do some, do some research here real quick. <laughs> Hop on over to Google, Google jean jacket plus fire cone plus life is strange, and then feel bad about Shit. yourself for your fashion choices, you idiot. But it looks good. Yeah, Dude, but the dragon shirt looks better. There's this picture that says secret outfit, and it's pointing to the fire cone, and it's blurred out. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, you didn't have to take that shirt. That could be donated to charity. That's the real butterfly Man, effect. Now little kid won't have a shirt. Big impact. Yeah. <laughs> so you do that and then you you go downstairs um after realizing that it's mother's day if you looked around enough uh and you see that david and joyce are you know making breakfast and dancing and just kind of like having a good moment together this is i think the first time in maybe the entire series that we see like a moment of the two of them just genuinely enjoying each other's company he's which, gonna burn the fucking pancakes though he is gonna burn the fucking pancakes uh, three minutes is way too long. She's three absolutely minutes. insane. <laughs> For one, one, three minutes is too long. Yeah. They were on a griddle. They're on, not a griddle. I mean, a cast iron, man. That's too long. They're going to be burnt pancakes. That's all there is to it. Yeah. David three minutes right. each side. What the fuck? I'm not <laughs> taking six the... minutes to make one pancake. Yeah, dude, David's in the wrong, man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they, uh... They dance, and then you come downstairs and um, have, a, have a little scene with your mom. She says she's happy you're back. You tell her that you're not really here to stay. You, know, you can tell her happy Mother's Day, and David kind of sulks. Uh, and then as you go to leave, um, she pulls you back and says, Oh, no, David has something he wants to say to you. Um, and he apologizes for you know, going through your pockets and forcing you to empty them and says that it was wrong and he shouldn't have done that. And then you get the choice of whether or not to accept his apology, which... Did you? I did. Did, okay, good, good, because it's Mother's Day. Be cool. So you accepted it's, his apology. A, it's Mother's Day. Be cool, and he was being cool. Yeah, he was. Which genuinely... I, I was. I the minute I made that decision, the second, the millisecond, I, I clicked that button. I thought, uh oh, he's gonna turn this around on me. <laughs> he's because any time I give David a chance, he <laughs> fucks me. He burns me every time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but... so yeah, he didn't though. He doesn't. Uh, he mm-hmm. just kind of goes on to say that he. 
you know, he shows you a picture of him and his war buddy, whose name we have written down somewhere, Phil, his war buddy Phil, um, who he ended up losing to a roadside IED in the war, and they were, like, really good friends, um, as kind of a a way of reaching out and explaining to you that he understands loss and knows what you're going through and he wants to help however he can. And then he offers you to carry around the picture for a while so that you can, you know, kind of remember that, which I thought was uh, a nice, albeit somewhat odd gesture. A, it was an odd gesture. And B, wasn't it a butterfly choice? Like, what didn't it was like this, yeah. this wool? I was like, what will this change? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And I think what it does is it changes your relationship with David at the end of the Yeah, it changes a yeah. small scene in the epilogue, and that's yeah. it. Um, Which I was like, wait a minute. what What is this picture going to do? I better bring it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think something like 90% of people accepted the picture. And I want to talk to the 10% that were like... Nah, fuck this guy. He just told me the story about how his friend was killed to try and connect to me and say that he feels bad and wants to help. Fuck his advances. Like, those, I mean, people, those people are jerks, man. Maybe maybe those people were like, no, I... Like, okay, Alex, you are Chloe. Put your shoes in Chloe. <laughs> I mean, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, put yourself in Chloe's shoes. Oh, man, that one makes so much more sense. All right, I'm much more comfortable with this put one. Put your shoes in Chloe. <laughs> All right. And uh, David's offered you this picture, and you do take it. Are you ever going to look at it? Probably not, but maybe. I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just don't. I, I'd just be terrified the whole time that I'd, like, damage I'd it. I'd rip it. Yeah. So I can see being like, no, I don't want this picture because you should have it. It's your memory. Like, I'm not going to do anything with it. I really appreciate the gesture, but no, thank you. Yo, but but you I know, know she won't say that. Yeah, no. exactly. Like, I know she Fuck won't you. Say your war buddy sucked. You were dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, Phil is a bitch. <laughs> I wish you would have died instead of him. You know, yeah, something like the that. kind of stuff she would have said. Something to totally ruin Mother's Day. Um, yeah. So, I thought this was, you know, this scene was nice. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of established David's growing as a character and kind of completed his arc, which was the exact same arc as in the original exact one. Exact same. Which kind <laughs> of bothered me a lot because yeah, you can't go through that twice. Yeah, like. And now I'm supposed to believe that Chloe had this moment where she finally connected with David and he showed a soft side and was, like, actually a good guy. And then somehow in the span of a year, like, none of that happened and it's completely irrelevant and they made no progress. And, like, I don't... I think it's kind of... I think it is realistic, though, because I think a lot of times people apologize, things, you know, get warmed up for a while... And then before you know it, it's back to old habits. I mean, it's an emotional day. It's a holiday. You know, we didn't get to really see too many days after. Yeah, totally. I just think it. You're right. It's a dissatisfying arc to see twice. Yeah. And I just I, I don't know that it hangs. And then some of Chloe's comments, like being very flippant about the fact that he was in the war in the next game kind of strike me as super immature given this new bit of information in this scene. So it's... Well, I think she was more about his bringing the war home. Yeah. Like making the house like a military place. You know what I mean? Or... Totally. But 
again, I think it's fine. I think it was it, it makes sense still that she would potentially have a bad relationship with him after this yeah. because obviously it's not a fucking sitcom. One thing doesn't well, I mean basically, but it's not like one thing doesn't fix everything. But it still just kind of doesn't fit terribly well, and it was yeah. kind of just an uninteresting route to take David's character. I think they were just scared to make it so David's still a dick at the end, and he has no character growth. Yeah, but he was still a dick at the beginning of the next one, so I'd believe it. Yeah. So, uh, the, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's the so, problem with it. That's fine. It's fine. And then you, you leave, you go, you grab your dad's toolbox, and you head to the junkyard, because one of the things you told Rachel you would do was find her a, you know, a way to go find her mom, which for you obviously meant fixing up the truck yep so uh this this puzzle this puzzle puzzle <laughs> this puzzle, puzzle in air quotes where you uh <laughs> is this this fucking brain teaser i tell you what man <laughs> i stood at that car for a whole s- six seconds and oh, tried man. to figure out what each of them were you gotta you open up the hood of the car and you look at something and she says something really obvious and then you got to pick the tool that matches with it. That's literally so she's it. like, this lug looks really loose. I wish I could tighten it somehow. And then you look at the fucking tool and it's, this is a wrench. And you're like, Yo, all right, I got the wrench. I spent so long on the, like, I spent a lot longer than I should have on this puzzle because they give you a diagram that, like, has a bunch of information on it. And I kept looking at it like, okay, maybe I have to do this in a specific order. Like, oh no! no. What, what do I have to do? Like, okay, I'm gonna if I memorize this. Okay, so what's wrong with the air intake? I, and then, like, it turns out that's just fucking there for flavor. There's no purpose yeah, to it whatsoever. I didn't even look at that. That's funny. Oh god, it pissed me off afterwards. Come on, come yeah. on. This this was a bomb for me. I hated this. This is so stupid. It's just like it's not stupid. It's just uh, it did absolutely nothing for me. Where I'm like, this is just integrating a puzzle because it still has to call itself a game. Yeah, and like, I think there's like the the actual puzzle itself was bad, but the like construction around the puzzle was fine. Like they could have made an interesting puzzle out of this, and there was like there were moments in the puzzle that like kind of worked. Like when she has to take I think spark plugs from her dad's old destroyed car yeah, to fix up that this was one. Good. Like, there were moments that were good. It's just that the puzzle itself was so fucking boring. It's like, okay, yeah. I just want to get through this because it's I liked I liked the message behind not the message, but the the story behind the puzzle where I almost would have rather watched a cutscene of like a little compilation of her fixing the car and just kind of like getting in connection with that uh i don't want to say like constructive side but Mm -hmm. her interests you know what i mean like starting to flower a little bit from that repairing and i do like that you get a text from david and he's like i noticed you took the toolbox like are you working on a project and you're like fuck off i'm not doing anything (laughs) (laughs) don't talk to me but still like you don't actually say that that's just yeah you don't actually say fuck off but you know she she also, the text between anybody, it, al- it almost feels worthless to have the texting mechanic in it because everyone's just, like, worried about you and, like, I'm fine. I'm not doing anything. Don't worry about me. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Every time. Yeah. So, anyways. Also, like, what mm-hmm. dumb motherfucker junked that truck when all it needed was, like, a little bit of cleaning, one lug nut <laughs> tightened, and a new spark plug, which is, like, four bucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was was a pretty rusty truck. 
I guess, but come on, like that probably yeah. purrs after like twenty minutes of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had been working on it before, I think. I it's implied. She put yeah. a blanket over the seat. Does <laughs> that count? A... Does that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I guess she put a new battery in it. Remember her invisible battery backpack? So... Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Ode to those days. Oh, I wish man. I wish I was dealing with invisible backpack batteries <laughs> rather than this fucking car puzzle. But I'm I'm making a bigger deal out of it than yeah, it actually. Yeah, it was a short puzzle. It wasn't a big deal. It was just yeah. really disappointing because like I sat down and I was like, this is gonna be the puzzle. This is yeah. gonna be like the puzzle from this episode is... four of the last one that was like dope and requires like, actual like critical thinking. And then it's no you know, just Click on the thing, and she'll say basically the name of a tool, and then click on it again. It's basically a fucking child's educational game about what tools are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe for some people it was hard, but I'm a tools master. Yeah, that's fair. I do know my way around those three specific tools. <laughs> so, once you, you, get the, you, you get the car running, and uh, you take a little joyride around the junkyard, which it seems like... The space was very small when you're walking around it, but when she's taking her joyride, it expanded like eight to ten times bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and which is fine, you know, for the for the story, for the fun, and uh, you're real you're real jived off that. So you uh, you go to your little hideout, you're feeling good, and uh, Rachel pops through, and she's like, "Hey, someone moved your truck," and you're like. Nuh-uh, no one moved my truck, I moved it, because I'm the up? repair master. I'm great. Yeah, I took care of all your problems, Which, and... whatever. Yeah, so, so that was the, yeah. The joyride, I do want to say, this is my initial thought, because she's like, the car starts, hell yeah, and then she like guns it to 35, like <laughs> down this dirt road, and I'm like, yo, you didn't even test the brakes! Like, <laughs> Your dad's car that he died in is right there, and you're going to, like, not even test the brakes and gun a 35 in a junkyard? (laughs) Drifting around corners like a fucking crazy person? Yeah, you haven't tested anything. That that car could die at any point in time or, like, you know, catch fire. Yeah. Whatever. uh... That's the kind of of life us teens live, Alex. Oh, man, I forgot about all the times I did that when I was a teen. Uh uh, for what it's worth, I actually kind of enjoyed the joyriding scene. It was like... It was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. But yeah. So that scene happens, and then you go outside with Rachel um, to kind of one of the climaxes, like the first mini-climax of the, the series, where you see Frank out there who had agreed to meet you here, and you're like, oh, Frank, you're early. Like, that's crazy. You're never early. And then who should step out from behind Frank's RV but Damon Merrick. Damon Certified... Merrick drug dealer evil dude <laughs> who i don't really know much about at this point except for he beat the shit out of drew so i hate him alex is the scar on the face a little much <laughs> you know everything about him's a little much so i kind of i do think maybe honestly the scar on the face pushes it to a limit where i'm like this is not arcadia bay is not a big enough town to have this big of a like drug dealer yeah the entire town is run by one rich family so like (laughs) the fact that they have this like drug kingpin who basically like (laughs) does whatever the fuck he wants and can get away with like walking into a fucking private school and beating the shit out of a kid in the hallways and walking out is like it's a lot 
Yeah. It's a lot. But it's a little unbelievable. But yeah, go on. He's supposed to be a caricature, so I, I was bought into it because I think it was fine, right? Yeah. Um, so you have a little confrontation with him. He asks about, you know, the money. If you um, don't have it, then you basically say you don't have it. If you do have it, I think you get the option to give it to him. Uh, I don't really know what happens with that scene because I didn't bother to look it up afterwards. Uh, you can definitely tell from the way the scene's constructed that it doesn't matter either way. Um, yeah. Because then he starts asking why you were asking Frank about Sarah. Uh, and you basically get the option to tell him a couple of things, none of which is telling him the truth. Um, you know, More or less, you get to tell him to fuck off a lot or tell him that there's nothing going on. Uh, and then eventually Rachel gets heated. And you tell her to calm down and call her Rachel, at which point Damon puts together, like, Rachel Amber. Oh, shit, you're James Amber's daughter. James is the DA. And then he kind of says some shit and then, like, draws a knife and kind of threatens you a little bit, but then turns away because he's not going to fuck you up. And Frank's like, hey, man, they're just kids. Like, be cool, whatever. Uh, and then... Rachel, in a fit of passion, grabs a two-by-four that's laying on the ground and fucking smashes Damon in the face. Just, yeah. like, fucking him up real good, which power to you. Uh, and then, you know, Frank sort of freaks out, and Damon gets upset and, like, picks up the knife that he dropped and, like, charges at her. And then you kind of freeze and don't do anything, and then he stabs her in the arm, which is, like, not super cool. Don't do that, no. my man. Yeah, uh, in that, which case, yeah, she, she kind of pops off and Frank freaks out and like more or less like throws him to the side and holds him off and tells you to run and you grab Rachel and throw her in your newly working truck and then peel down the road to to take her to the hospital. Yeah. And that's that's that whole um, confrontation. I, uh, I I got a I got a little jump. I, was, I go, whoo. What now? She got stabbed. I was, oh yeah, that was a real. That was a real. You know, I got got one of those moments. Me which too. I haven't had that whole thing, but that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, and I think there are some couple things in this scene that I thought were kind of funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hit me. There's hit me. a weird scene in the beginning where Damon's like, maybe because of his sunny disposition, you thought you could trust him. But my boy Frank here has a particular set of skills. Do you want to show him that set of skills? And he's like, nah, I'm good. And then they never talks about it again. It's so weird. I don't know. What is Frank's particular set of skills? I don't understand. He's just, you know, if you take his daughter, he'll chase you around and kill you, man. He's got a particular set of skills. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a really weird yeah, that's like a throwaway line. line that didn't make a lot of sense. I think he was just trying to, like, paint the picture of, like, hey, Frank's not a good guy like you think he is. He's done some shit in the past, and he'll do it again. Yeah. Also, in one of my voice lines, he asks me and or Chloe and Rachel if he wants to work for him full time, which is just such a, like, I, I don't understand the draw to him asking us to work for him. It was really weird. There was just a lot of jumping around. I don't remember And it felt that. like they were dancing around until the stab scene, and the conflict didn't feel as intense until she hit him with the two-by-four. Yeah. I guess. You definitely do get and the very stereotypical I'm a jock guy line of, like, how come if, you know, you guys hit oh, me, yeah. it's fine, but the second I lay a finger on one of you girls, it's not, it's like, it's not okay at all. It's like, dude... You're a fucking big ass drug dealer, and they're high school girls. <laughs> yeah, like they're high schoolers. You're carrying Relaxing. a knife that is 
straight up, I think, the length of your forearm. So, like, maybe fuck off a little bit with your shit. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, but, yeah, yeah the, the hit with the 2 by 4 definitely ratcheted it up. And also, he shrugs that off pretty good. Because, like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, he like has be been s- slashed in the face. That's just, just, true. Just straight from the, each corner of his face, man. That is true. And... I don't know. Rachel doesn't even try and fight him with the two by four after she hits him initially, which is a little disappointed in. She had reach. Yeah. She had reach with that two by four. She could have done something. Yeah. Also, that knife you're right is ridiculously <laughs> big. So huge. It, it looks like a fantasy knife that like they imported strangely and they couldn't get the scale to work. So they're like, eh, good it'll, enough. It's fine. No one's gonna fine. look at it. I know this yeah. knife is like you know twice to three times as long as a normal knife, but. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the blade is bigger than Chloe or Rachel's actual arms. Their yeah. arms are thin as fuck. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's an art style complaint, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> not really. I just, yeah, okay. Yeah, the knife was, not the arms. I'm yeah. like, no, the arms are fine. Yeah, Anyways. But yeah, no, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But I do think um, the one thing I didn't like about the very end of the scene after she gets stabbed in the arm, because I thought it was, like, really, really good, is, like... The transition to the next scene, like, it begins with her getting in the truck and, like, fucking burning rubber out of there. And it plays, like, a really hype, intense song. And then it goes to a loading screen. And then it comes back in with that same song playing. And I was like, nah, that doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't work. And you're right at the hospital now. Like, you're just there. Yeah. Like, in season, again, I hate to keep going back to this exact, like, spot. But in episode four of season one there's like that really intense scene where they get in the truck and like drive to the junkyard from the like the barn and that's the same type of scene but they mm-hmm. just kind of blended all that into one cutscene until they got to like the part where it worked again and like i don't know why they didn't just do that for this i don't know why it wasn't just one big cutscene. i'm sure there's reasons technical issue yeah i'm sure there are but technical made, reasons it's a good point though yeah, it kind of took me out of the moment a little bit. But then yeah. you go to the hospital. So so the hospital here was a scene. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. Can, Very good. You can <laughs> wrap things up with a lot of characters, it feels like. Uh, there's Drew and... Um, oh, you'll get the names. Oh, come name? on. Come on. Uh, come I on, you got this. You got I really can't. Uh, Don't make Drew me and Mikey and... Mikey, Mikey. The and other girl. The other girl, yeah. Shit. Those three. I don't remember her name, but she's really cool too. Steph. D&D. D&D girl, Steph. So, uh, you know, you get to a room with all those three, and everyone's just cool. I feel like it's it's overwhelmingly cool. Like, it seems too cool for everyone's okay with each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Drew a little seems bit. pretty okay with you. And I guess that's based off the choice that you make. Um, but I didn't do what he said. So he seemed, like, surprisingly cool with me, even though I kind of went against his word. I mean, to be um, fair, you went against him to, like, help him out. So it's a little hard to be angry at that. Yeah, I guess that's true. And he kind of seemed like a dick at the beginning. And then he was just fine. And I, I don't know. I didn't find this scene particularly drawing. I really liked... Episode one and two with your interactions with Mikey and um, Steph. Steph and um, especially the one and two 
where you talked to Steph about you know, your interest in Rachel. I thought yeah. that was a really good one. But these ones didn't really stand out to me, and it kind of just felt like filler for the main stuff. It definitely which it is. fell flat in a way that I was yeah. super disappointed in, because like, that's some of my favorite characters. I mean, you get a scene with like a truth dad. Oh, yeah. That's which fine. Which is kind of cool. Where you, you, you got to like... You got to have one of those conversations where you know more about the person than they think you know about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is always kind of fun to to, to role play those. So then um, you did have that scene earlier with uh, with James when you initially get. To oh, right. Him. Right. Yeah. You kind of you you tell James the whole truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much. That, just... Yeah. Which <laughs> I think is kind of stupid. Like, I think that could have been a great choice to make. That one would have stumped me. That one would have me stumped. Is should I tell him the truth or not? Especially because you don't know the truth about him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can buy you not like even considering that though in the completely emotional state that she's in. Yeah, I can. That's true. I can understand that. But man, what a hell of a backtalk mode that would have been. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Don't fucking ask me where she, how she got stabbed. I'm not. Just, you don't need to know this. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. <laughs> so, but no, that doesn't happen. Then you uh, go into Rachel's room, and she is she's stabilized, right? Yeah. So you get in there because she's like finally awake. I think. Oh, right, right. Because you do wait a hell of a long time. Yeah, you're there for, for what seems like twelve hours or something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's a funny line that I liked where you were you're in the waiting room walking around, and you see a magazine, and she's like, "I almost read this. If I would have been here for one more minute, I would have read this." Yeah, but I'm like, "What have you been doing the whole time? Just staring at that magazine and like <laughs> saying fair, I'm not gonna read it." It was like Mini Golf Monthly or something, which I would have <laughs> read in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, I want to be clear, no question. That would have been the friends. only magazine I grabbed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you 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 talk to Rachel, and she's still pretty into finding her biological mother, and you're obviously still into helping her figure that out. So she gives you the um, office key code to her dad's office, and she asks you to go into there and figure out more about it and Sarah's location and uh, try and get the inside scoop on it, and you obviously accept. Yeah, this oh, whole that's... this whole hospital scene was it was okay. It wasn't great, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it, it it just it was just driving. You know what I mean? It's just getting us to the next part that is that is interesting. Yeah, so, I did like needed to happen. I mm. liked the conversation between Chloe and Rachel. I think the entire game, like it has ups and downs, but I think in this episode, every conversation between Chloe and Rachel was really really good. And this one yeah. where Chloe's like, I should have done something. I, I froze. I'm so sorry. I'm the reason you're here. And Rachel being very reassuring and being like, no, fuck you. You saved my life. Like, you are the reason I'm not dead, basically. And Yeah, because she, she didn't fix that truck, man. Yeah. Whew. If we if we didn't know what a wrench was. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh man. That had been rough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was overall good. There's, a, there's one scene here that bothered the fuck out of me, though. Um, which is the firefighters that are sitting on a bench. I don't know if you listen to them. No, I But you walk past them, and you just hear them talking, and they say that the raging wildfire just went out. And then one's <laughs> like, oh, you mean it got contained? And they're like, no, weird. It all just went out. 
of like, okay, fuck you. Huh. That's stupid. Like, uh, oh, yeah, like oh, the, the fire is somehow connected to Rachel, and now yeah. that, like, I get it. There's always been supernatural yeah. elements, but I uh-huh. didn't like that at all. Yeah, huh. yeah, no, I'm, I'll pass. That was I'll bad. pass that. That was <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't. I did not hear that, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you would have heard me complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Admittedly, yeah. it was it was not great, but I've passed on that. But you know, Life is Strange has always had those cheesy things. That's true, and I don't mind the supernatural thing so much. It's just that they didn't like delve into this enough to earn it. I think exactly. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, there was there weren't enough connections. Yeah, but I'm also glad that there weren't. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have maybe put me off a little bit. I like that they stayed a little bit away from the supernatural in this episode. Um, but yeah, I thought you know, overall the hospital scene was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Like I yeah. I liked going through it. I liked, you know, you kind of did recognize, hey, this is the closure I'm getting with some of these characters. You do talk to Elliot briefly, which is kind of important. Um, oh, yeah. He just yeah. asked if you're okay and, you know, if you are me. Been hanging, you've been hanging out with Rachel Amber a lot. Yeah. That. He's very Love into that. you and Rachel Amber and, like, why you've been hanging out. And All right. Full spo- spoilerino city from this point on. Were you sus of him yet? No. Rate I, your level of sus. I thought he was... So, like, one to ten, like, three. I thought he was just a dude that was hung up on her and, like, had good intentions, but also was, like, too into the idea of them being together to, like, realize he was being a fucking weirdo. This is what... My sus level is at, like, four or five. And here's the reason why. Is I felt like uh, this was the time to wrap up before the plot got real and I would never see any of these characters. Okay. But you didn't really wrap up with him that's true and that it is felt totally true. so unresolved and i'm like he's gonna definitely gonna come back yeah so my sus level was a little higher that's on fair. The scale that's fair. so it was pretty good it was a pretty good like little like oh all right i'm wrapping up with uh drew and his family and yeah so yeah. that's cool and elliot does Anyways. have he does have to be fair a balloon that's got like the hot dog guy on it which i always appreciate yeah. but yeah Whatever. Little hot dog meme for you there. Yeah, the sick hot dog memes. Gotta love them. Um, so mm-hmm. moving on from there, you go to you go into James Amber's office. You know, go back to their house, break into his office with the code that you have, um, and then this is kind of a little bit more of a puzzle that didn't bother me. You you kind no, of search. Fun. Yeah, you search around. You have to find a way to contact Sarah. Eventually, you find a cell phone and like a locked drawer and put it together that James has been texting Damon and asking him to to do something basically with Sarah. It's kind of unclear what. And then you text him back basically asking where you can meet and things like that. And he has you do a series of tasks that were holding up James's end of the bargain. You're pretending to be him, which involve burning a piece of evidence, uh, telling him who his snitch is, and then showing him that you have all of the money, which was kind of interesting and there were there were a couple of ways to go about that which i thought was interesting and then as you are trying to leave that scene once you you get like a picture of sarah tied up to a chair basically um and once you figure out where to go you're like oh i gotta rush out there and as you're trying to leave who should walk in but elliot and you kind of be like yo what the fuck you stalking me following me you like stalker and he basically um they do a really good job of a convincing stalker, and it was pretty uncomfortable, where he was just like, no, I'm just here for you. Like, why don't you see how much I care about you? Like, this is... How many How many of my uh, 
Oh, fuck. What does he say? He says, how many of my intrusions have been unwanted? Yeah. Or what he is it? gives you the fucking definition oh, of, yeah. like, repeated unwanted interactions or something. Yeah, exactly. He's like, how many of my interactions have been unwanted? And I was like, yo, this one right here right now. <laughs> Stop, my man. Uh, and he keeps, like, telling you, like, the Rachel's bad for you and then doing the, like, sort of video gamey thing that I also kind of appreciate when he's like, well, when you first met Rachel, like, this happened and sort of of like recapping events and like tying yeah. like bad things that happened to Rachel like you know you got expelled like yeah but I also did take the fall of my own accord like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about dude um yeah and he's you know then kind of goes full blown crazy yelling about how he'll protect you and you decide you need to call the police without tipping them off or tipping him off so you dial the phone uh for 911 and then have like a back talk mode where you basically try to convince him that you're on his side a number of times while also secretly telling the police where you are and that you're in danger um which was i think one of the more interesting back talks we've had because it like felt believable more so than like i'm just gonna yell at this guard until he lets me into this bar <laughs> uh, it's the sass dude sass yeah so sass gets you places <laughs> you do that and i'm not sure what happens if you fail um I'm Dude, assuming... I'll tell you what happened. Okay, if you fail. hit me up. What because if you fail? honestly, I got the first one, and I just every time I selected something, like the the second one, I said something, and it sounded convincing, and then she just read off the address of the place, and I went in no point in my <laughs> choice of text did I want you to read and say aloud the address. Oh, like God. it just wasn't what. I wanted her to do so I gave up because loading from a checkpoint is true hell because it puts you back so far oh yeah fuck so that. far so um if you fail you uh he's like what the hell is this and he's like god damn it and he gets really mad at you and then he pushes you and then you grab the trophy that he had for best dad mm -hmm. and he's like what are you gonna fucking assault me and he's like she's like no nah, it's not what I'm gonna do and then she throws the trophy out the window thus setting the alarm for the house and she's like you better run cocksucker and then he runs away oh wow that's like which i like better that, actually. that's definitely better than if you succeed because if you succeed it's just like the you hear the alarm for the cops and then like you're not the alarm like you hear the cops coming and then you basically tell him like oh no the cops like what are we doing we're breaking in and he's like well i'll go talk to him <laughs> and then he, like, opens the door, which he had alarmed earlier, and it sets off the alarm, and then you just, like, grab the money and run past him, and then he just kind of, like, stands in the room dumbly and, like, shrugs, like, guess I'm going to jail now. Like, okay. I liked the back talk mini game, but that's not the reaction I'd expect out of well, a dude who was just actually, completely crazy. I actually think it changes um, the end scene for him. And okay. the in the, the the end so we'll we'll talk we'll get to that because we might have had different things that's fair yeah so that that whole scene um you know you, you from there you get in your car and, and peel off into the next scene but from that scene i i really liked it overall like top to yeah. bottom it was built around a puzzle that i think was like mildly engaging where you got a little bit more information about a bunch of people and it it felt like there were a couple of ways to approach things for like you find out who the snitch is in his group and then get to decide which one of the people you want to say is the snitch based on the information you have about them. Yeah. Which I'd you say was the snitch. Um, 
I don't remember his name. It was the guy who was it the guy with the mugshot? No, because the guy with the mugshot is like on parole and is good with his parole officer and is like working. And I was like, <laughs> I want to fuck him over. <laughs> so yeah. I fucked over like the other guy who had a, a like a warrant for his arrest for like assault or something, and he's just shitty and didn't do anything. So I was like, Dude, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to let out the guy who uh, who who let me into the the concert because oh yeah, you know. He's a cool dude. Yeah, I was definitely not the t-shirt salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, that was an interesting, I guess, scene, a little puzzle thing there that Mm -hmm. was, at the very least, fun. And, you know, you got to get a little more. And that was also, you know, the scene prior had set James Amber up as like, oh, actually, he's kind of a stand-up guy and he knows what he's talking about and he's on your side. And now you're like, actually, maybe he's a big old piece of shit. Yeah, because really you also learn, you also find a, a shoebox full of letters yeah. from Sarah that's pretty much like, please let me see my daughter. I don't want the money anymore. Like, I just want to meet her and uh, sending her all, him all back all the voided checks. And uh, he's just going to lock that shit away. So you learn a lot about James's actual character and uh, a lot of overprotective men in the story. Yeah, that tends to be kind you ever of a trope in Life is Strange. Because, like, uh, David and uh, Rachel's dad and this guy, the fucking Elliot. Yeah. And, well, you know what? What's his name? Not Warren. Um, Warren Warren wasn't overprotective, but he was creepy. He was creepy, but he wasn't, like, overprotective. We never really met Max's dad, but... I mean, the texts were fine. The texts were fine. He sent sent her, like, a couple hundred dollars on her birthday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this scene was good. Um, I don't have too much more to say no, about I that part. It was it was um, like you said. I I can just kind of echo what you said. It's good puzzles, good uh, good content in there. And I actually did like looking around um, and reading all the different kind of descriptions of all of the uh, the criminals and the evidence and stuff like that. Yeah, and you end up like burning. It's fun playing a detective. You burn a like a bunch of evidence and i'm like this seems shitty don't we still want him to go to jail though well you only burnt the glove yeah you burn the glove so you like burn evidence and give away the snitch who was gonna help like take him down and everything uh and it's like okay also like you burn his single black glove like some real fucking oj shit and like well all right whatever this is fine (laughs) like oh you know what you know what does bother me though I don't I don't know too many rules and how things work in the world of, you know, official legal things, but I don't think you're supposed to just keep official evidence in your study at your home. You're not at oh, all. Oh, but he stole it yeah, from there. He to, stole okay, it I so that it. he could get it. Yeah, leverage so he, Damon. Which it's like, just uh, weird that he just keeps it there. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if you're gonna steal evidence, you're gonna grab it, you're gonna destroy it, and you're gonna be done with it. Like yeah. it's not something I just keep in my unlocked file cabinet. But also he's the fucking DA. No one's gonna like search his house, you know? Yeah, that's true. So but yeah. That was that scene. Uh the part with Elliot, again, I thought kind of came out of left field a little bit with his character. I didn't I, I think it's fine. I think they did a good job of like making him feel creepy. I just didn't it felt sort of out of place. It felt out of place in a way that, like, he felt like a mini Nathan. Yeah, a little but, bit. But I, I wish they could have, 
I liked how he ended up, but I wish they would have been able to show us a little bit more beforehand so we could put some pieces together and feel a little yeah a little bit i feel dumb because i was a fucking elliot apologist last episode i was like you know what he's not that bad i understand where he's coming from dude fuck elliot and now it turns out like actually he's just a stalker and it's like okay well good guy elliot that's no good that's no good my man also i I, last episode i think i just called him a fuck boy the whole time (laughs) you know you were right (laughs) i didn't really make a great prediction either (laughs) no i think you were spot on he was definitely just a fuck boy Um, (laughs) (laughs) so then uh you you drive to Sarah, got to get that handled, and um, you almost get in a car accident and drift off to the side, and uh, you take a look at the the died down forest because you know it just it just died down. Yeah, it just went out crazy, right? Just oh went man, who'd have thought? <laughs> and uh, you have another scene with your dad, and kind of have a resolution that. You know, you ask him, did you ever lie to me? You have a couple of conversation choices about, you know, um, lying in general and what's better, the truth or not. And you can ask him if he, you know, did you ever lie to me? Was it ever bad? And would you tell me them? And he basically comes up to the resolution of like, well, I can't because I'm dead. So (laughs) pretty fair. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then I I really like the moment where she and I mentioned earlier, she's just like, well, then I guess, you know, you'll always be the perfect dad because you can never <laughs> you can never do something like that to me because you're dead, mm-hmm. which is kind of like one of those like manic happy moments where you're like, I'll never get to see you again. So you'll never actually get to hurt me, which is like a little creepy, but I still really appreciate the sentiment of it all. Yeah, I, I so, really like this scene. Yeah, this scene was very good. Uh, it gave a really nice wrap-up to uh, <clears throat> Dad's character, and you get to drive back, and she's like, and she's like, yo, you want me to drive with you? And she's like, yeah. And he plays his normal song, and she's like, nah, my tunes, <laughs> and plays a rock and roll, and they drive off to the warehouse. Plays and a nice. rock and roll. <laughs> plays a rock and roll. She plays one of those just, rock and rolls the kids are always listening to. <laughs> One of those punks. Yeah. Just playing a punk. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this one a lot. A lot of good. Excuse me. I'm not going to pretend to know some of the uh, conversations, but I like them a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pick out individual things, but like you said, you know, she does come to that conclusion of like, oh, you know, since everything I know about you is good because I was a kid and you'll never do anything more, like you are the perfect dad. And again, like, not to get overly real, but my dad did pass away when I was around Chloe's age. And, like, I've definitely had that sentiment before. Yeah. Like, I was Same. young. Everything was fine. Like, the reality is, like, in my head, he'll always have never done anything wrong. And that's, Same. like, it's a really powerful thing for the game to address. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that exactly. So, that was, it was a good scene. It was, again... For all the times in the previous games that I thought the dream sequences or interactions with her dad didn't work, I think they completely made up for it in this game. Yeah. So, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bump any- that. Anything else about this scene? No. All right. So, then we move on. Uh, you go to the the mill where you had the uh, concert to open the game uh, in the first episode and go there because, you know, that's where Damon is holding Sarah. You see, like, Frank's RV outside, and there's some blood on the side of it. Uh, you kind of knock on it, and he doesn't open. 
So the entire mill is, is burned out and completely gutted, and you kind of walk around and can look at some things and comment on them. You can grab a knife that's, like, sticking in one of the pillars, which, you know, you put in your back pocket, and then you... Naturally. Naturally. Where do you put knives? Uh, so <laughs> and you, batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic pockets, Duncan. Leave it me. Uh, so you go in there and see the Damon, and you know, Damon's kind of talking to Sarah and threatening her basically by, like, putting a needle up to her neck as if she's going to inject her with, I'm assuming, heroin. Heroin? That's heroin, right? Yeah. That seems right. Something like that. Uh, it was on a spoon. Yeah. I think it was later. It was on a spoon, so I think it's heroin. Yeah. Which, it again, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it is revealed earlier in the episode that she we did. was a drug user, but also has been clean for the last year, and oh, that's yeah. why she yeah, thinks she deserves letter. to see her daughter, and so like him hmm. threatening her with that is kind of like really, really fucked up. Uh, yeah, basically saying, you know, implying that he's going to kill her, more or less, and you step out uh, and, you know, confront Damon kind of stupidly because, like, what the fuck are you going to do? And, like, you give him the money and he's all upset that you're there and not James and you try to explain things. And I had the option to, like, the option came up, use knife. Yeah, but which so early, what does that mean? I don't know, but it was so early in the conversation. I was like, "Yo, you save this for like a last minute pullout thing. You don't just pull yeah. it out like you'll fuck it up." So I didn't do it, and then he just like walks over and kicks her in the stomach, and it goes flying across the room. And I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking great." Should have yeah, shown that yeah, same for thing sure. happened to me. Yeah, um, yeah, I, the, I'm sure the same thing would have happened where you just would have disarmed you in like two seconds. Yeah, almost certainly. You just felt a little cooler about it. But he, uh, you know, he basically kicks you a couple of times and you're down. Yells some shit about how, you know, what he's going to do and how nobody fucks with him and yada, yada, yada. You know, the same bullshit you see crazy drug dealers yelling every piece of media. Uh, and yeah. then Frank shows up with, like, a stab wound and basically yelling, like, Damon, what did you do? And then he pulls out a knife and is like, oh, you want to go again? And then Frank fucking mans up and is like, yeah, I want to go and just fucking charges him like a boss, even though he's yeah. got a stab wound and no knife. Because uh, he's got a particular set of skills, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, maybe that's what the skills were, is he can just kill a man with a gaze. Yeah, fucking apparently. Uh, and then you don't actually get to see what happens. You pass out um, uh, and then wake up, and Sarah is untied and sitting smoking a cigarette at the table. And then you have a conversation with her for the first time in the game. Um, you know, she basically tells you, Frank took care of Damon, and then you have a conversation about how she needs to come see Rachel because Rachel's looking for her and is really you know, wants to talk to her. And Sarah goes off on a pretty long tangent about how... Or not a tangent. She makes the point of, like, I'm not going to go see her, and you can't tell her we had this conversation or that I'm still here. Um, basically saying that if you tell her everything that happened and tell her everything that James did, then you'll be depriving her of a loving father who she can trust. Um, and that's basically the same thing as having her father die. And like, I had my shot and I fucked it up. I don't deserve to be her mother anymore, but she can still have a family. She can still have a father. Just don't tell her what happened here. Uh, and mm -hmm. then walks away. Uh, and that's kind of that. Then you, get to go back and you know obviously you talk to her and tell her you know this or that but she's kind of not receiving anything that you yeah. have to say she's already made up her mind that she doesn't want rachel to know everything that happened here which is kind of a fucking turn from a dude hired a fucking assassin to kill me to just don't tell my daughter what happened because he's 
a loving father. Like, I get that she's like, hey, he was at the end of his rope. This is what he, he would do anything to protect her. Dude yeah. went a bit far with it, though, is the thing. Yeah. So. And uh, I'll, I'll say something later when we make yeah. the final choice. Yeah. But um, so I thought the message behind this scene was fine, but it felt too long and it felt like the there wasn't really a conversation to had there was more like a monologue that just needed to happen because yeah. i felt like anytime i had anything to say she's like what do you know you're just a kid which is true i'm just a dumb teen mm-hmm. uh but it even if that's true i feel like there's a certain input to a lot of these scenes that even if it didn't make a impact on what kind of ending you got or like what happened to these characters, I still felt like I'm having a conversation with this person and I can sway some options. Yeah. This felt still like super like monologuish, you know, uh, in that way. And I find it pretty unbelievable. Like you said that she's just like, don't worry about it. Don't tell her anything. Just let James, be the dad that he wants to be and be the trustworthy dad and he wins kind of thing. You yeah. know, I don't really, I don't know. It so it was semi-believable because you don't know enough about Sarah to really, you know. I think the thing that I maybe didn't give credit for that maybe affected this is, you know, when she is struggling against a Damon, she's like, no, I just want to see my daughter. No, fuck off. I've been clean for a year. Um, and he does end up injecting her with, again, what I'm assuming is heroin. Uh, and the first thing she says in your conversation is, like, looking down at the drug, saying, like, how great it makes you feel and why would anyone not want this? You don't feel any regret. You don't feel any, like, pain or sadness or anything like that. So I think it's yeah. possible that, like, it was a combination of her being drugged up that caused her uh... to say that and also being like, hey – I actually think maybe I'm just going to keep doing heroin now, so I don't deserve my daughter anymore. Mm. Which huh. is a, like, it definitely softens. I guess the I low. didn't think about that. Yeah. It's still a lot, though. I don't know how long heroin lasts, but it seems like you were out for quite a while. You can't have been out for that long, because, like, yeah. I mean, you just got kicked in the stomach a few times. I'm not also, even sure why you passed I like out. How, also, I like how you fully passed out, and Sarah's just like, eh. I'm just going to sit here and smoke and watch her till she wakes up. Well, she was like, high, Duncan. <laughs> I guess that's true. What is she going to do? I guess. I was really I hoping. mean, I guess that's just a reoccurring theme. If someone's having a fucking hard time, you just sit in the background and do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I was really hoping at the beginning of the scene that, like, Damon would talk to Frank and be like, you want to go again and hold out a knife? And Frank would just be like, yeah, and then pull out a gun and shoot him. I was really yeah. hoping for that. Yeah, that would have been cool. But instead, I like they did a cool thing. Crazy person. They did a cool thing with the like music that was going on. When you're like kind of passing out, it started like slowing and speeding a little bit. And I, I like that little bit of little bit of audio cues. Oh, I, I love the, that kind of stuff. I didn't even notice. But, Damn. Tiny, tiny comments. Yeah. Tiny comments. But, so, you have anything else to say about this one? Not really. I think everything I have to say kind of comes in the next section about it. So, you auto-zoom, zoom, 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 zoom to the zoom, hospital. Zoom. Yeah. And um, you 
go to Rachel's room and her parents are like sleeping like on her and with her and they're like yeah she just got to bed she needs some rest and then Rachel springs up for you and is like can I talk to Chloe alone for a minute and uh you know you've 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 you fess up a little bit and go I, I gotta tell you something and this is your last big o choice is do you protect her from the truth or do you tell her the full blown truth what did you pick i told her the truth me too yeah me too it just i was surprised like more people more people hid it from her i i was surprised i think that does speak to the quality of the writing and i i think they uh-huh. had they done a good job of making rachel a character who like had been through a lot and had was just regaining like a semblance of like feeling like she belonged with her family so i can understand players desire innately to protect her from that right i can understand them being like yeah. well i don't want her to lose the thing that she cares about now because like the last scene you talk to her she mentions that like her dad might still be a jerk, but she does love him, and she's really happy to have him nearby. And, like, you don't want to take that away from her. I get that. But also, you know, that shit comes out. That shit comes out one way or another eventually. That shit doesn't stay hidden forever. And my right. thinking was, like, okay, if I don't tell her, like, if I lie to her, I'm taking oh, away man. trust in the only person that hasn't been shitty to her in her life like the only person that she really truly trusts right now yeah like she said on the bed yeah yeah she says that on the bed and she's like you're the only person that i can really trust to ever tell the truth to me yeah and i took that that line to heart and i'm like i can't you know what i mean you couldn't after she says something like that so here's a question though do you think those numbers Mm -hmm. would have looked drastically different if everybody didn't know that she was going to be dead at the beginning of life is strange season one because that's something I didn't consider mm. at the time. I didn't consider, like, oh, if I protect her from the truth, she'll actually just be happier until she's dead. Because it doesn't come out in that time. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So I, I, I think I role-played it, and I wasn't yeah. really thinking about Me that. Too, totally. So, yeah, that's a good idea. But that, that's that's true, because she probably would be would be happier. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. So I think it's a little... But, but uh, it's, you it's know, unfair to take that knowledge, but whatever. Whatever people do what they want. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, so I think it was pretty easy for me for you to make that choice. It didn't. I didn't set as long on. Well, I don't think it was like a worse choice than the first game. I think it was just as good, but I didn't spend as much time sitting there and thinking about it. Um, it was pretty easy for me. Yeah, I thought it was still a very good and interesting decision, but I thought it was yeah. like I had made up my mind well before that scene began. That was like, okay, I'm gonna tell her the exactly. truth. Exactly. Whereas. Yeah. In the final scene of Life is Strange season one, I sat at that screen for five minutes because I was like, I can't make this fucking decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it was for the better that <laughs> we had an easy choice this time. Yeah, I didn't I so... didn't need that again in my life. <laughs> so uh let's I, I assume you YouTubed the other scene. Yeah. I watched it. Okay. So let's talk about both of these. Yeah, extremely. So pretty much which I didn't like that you you don't really get any dialogue after you tell her the truth, which is fine because we don't need to hear Chloe explaining every single detail of what happened. Yeah. But there is something dissatisfying about the flip side where you do don't tell her the truth. There's some kind of, there's some pretty good dialogue in that one. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like 
I got a little skimped on this one. I would you know have I mean? maybe liked the... Obviously, I, I don't want dialogue in the epilogue, like where you get all the different scenes, but I would have liked something of Chloe, maybe like two or three lines, because like she gets shocked really quickly. I would have liked to yeah. hear Rachel like screaming at her dad not to touch her because she doesn't know who he is or something, you know? Yeah. Because that's what we yeah, got. They're... We just didn't hear that. The the one thing I really do like about this scene though is the fucking facial expressions on his face of of from the oh god what's happening to oh did she did she tell her did she am I fucked to I'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> like I am a hundred percent fucked over oh, in just absolute sadness. There's nothing and, I can uh, do. <laughs> yeah, so I I did appreciate that part where. There's a lot of nonverbal communications going on uh, between the characters. But I will say that Chloe's were pretty bad, though, where she almost kind of had like a, oh, I don't know, like a very kind of like, like I could almost match that to the facial expressions she was having, where I don't think it really matched the tension of the scene. So. Yeah. So, anyways. I, I agree. So, but I, that, I think it was still good. Like, it still worked without the dialogue. I definitely yeah. enjoyed it more when I hadn't watched the fact that I missed dialogue, though. Yeah. Um, and then we see that David proposes to to the to the woman. <laughs> to Joyce. <laughs> to your mother. <laughs> Joyce. I'm so bad with names this time around. I really need a sheet with all the, the names on it. Well, first we get the uh, scene immediately at, like, the only scene that changes based on your decision, which is, like, I oh, the scene oh, right. of James at their family home, like, smashing a picture because his life is ruined, or a scene of them all eating, like, together happily at a table and Chloe just looking really uncomfortable. Yeah. And that she knows the truth. That's, that's also, that's it, guys. That's all so, I, I'm going to go, I'll go through the rest yeah, of this and yeah. we can talk about it. So, you see the, the proposal. Yep. And I think based on if you had a good relationship with David by the end of it, you kind of, you're either included in a group hug or you just look on. Flip them upsetly off. Upsetly. And flip them off or something teen. like that. Yeah. And then, um, then, uh, I think there's like a scene with, um, with Mikey and, and Drew, they're like playing D and D together, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then you get a time. bunch of oh, you see Frank, and he's like opens up a shoebox of pictures he has with um Damon with um with Damon, and then he burns them or no, he doesn't burn them. No, nah, he throws the picture nah, into he, the fire, but he doesn't. He throw throws them. the picture into the fire, the and then also has, like, pours one Damon's knife in it. So like, okay, yo, yeah. he killed him. <laughs> you know, he killed him. Yeah, he definitely killed him. Then he pours one out for him, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then like uh, <laughs> you get a scene of like Nathan going up and talking to that one oh, yeah. girl if you got them together, which. Nah, okay. I didn't. Okay. Well, Fuck you get them. the scene. It's, it's really a nothing scene. Dude, what happened to that girl, though? Yo. You think he killed her? Oh, fuck. Dude, that's so Yo, fucked up. What the fuck? No! Oh, man, he's totally killed her because she's definitely not in the first game. Well, I mean, neither, to be fair, neither is Steph, neither is Drew, neither is Mikey. Maybe she's just older. Yeah, because he graduated. killed them too! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was definitely implied that Rachel was the first one he killed because he just fucked it up that time in, in yeah. the first one. So I don't think he killed her. I think she just, you know. 
She just got, you know, she went to the farm down the road is all. Yeah. Let's just, let's cross our fingers because I do like yeah, that Yeah, she was really nice. And um, then the rest is, these were like in between the scenes I was talking about, but you get a lot of bo- bonding moments between Chloe and Rachel and they don't really change all that much I, between the two. I feel like they're I don't exactly think like any. the same, but I'm not sure. There's like I, I spotted like one or two differences, but it wasn't enough for me to like yeah like <gasps> this is too different. Um, and you just kind of have a good time. You get some tattoos. Um, and Chloe hang out the junkyard. Completely talk, talk about yeah, and, uh, and that's really it. Yeah, then you take a bunch of photos in a photo booth. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really happy like ending. Yeah, I was like, yeah, surprised that at least pre credits, it was all like, actually, things are good. Like, you know, Rachel jumps into Chloe's car as she's getting out of Blackwell and Rachel waves at Wells as they drive away and Chloe flips him off. And it's like very much a like, oh, yeah, this is their relationship and this is fun. And like you get an image of them like writing the Chloe with here and Rachel with here on like their hideout in the junkyard It's good stuff. It was like some callbacks uplifting. Yeah. You know, it's like, OK. You know what? I actually and buy that relationship. It's a lot of fun. And then, <laughs> and then. post credits, which I didn't get because uh, I skipped the credits, but which I still think if you skip the credits, I, I skipped the credits too. Scene. I also got it. Maybe what? you like double tap space on accident or something. Maybe, but maybe. Yeah. Well, I was using a controller. Oh, anyway, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's very unnecessary information. You get a uh, picture. You get you get some some ching ching ching. You know some picture taking sounds and it's zooming out to chloe calling rachel's phone and it's the dark room from the first mm. game and it's sad because you know that's when she dies and yeah so real talk you, i mean you didn't get that scene i did i was i was kind of mad that we got that scene honestly like so i still i mean it still affected me in the long run because like right when i finished it i youtubed that other ending like yeah in a millisecond okay gotcha. so like, i didn't youtube yeah it i didn't have any time to like digest it i just i just went right to it and then i'm like oh oh no like that's not that's not good i i don't think it was very necessary yeah so i think why mm-hmm, why like it it felt like cheaply trying to score points because anyone who played the original game like all the astute people immediately put that together like the reason so much of this game worked and was so powerful was because you knew what was going to happen to rachel i didn't need a reminder of it like the seeing them happy together was bittersweet already i didn't need them to like shove it in my face that she died and like chloe had been calling her phone all the time like you know what i wonder Hmm. i wonder if it's for people who played the pre-sequel first Maybe I wonder but if they like want wanted that, to like because like it's not revealed revealed that she's dead until episode four like you kind of know but it's also not revealed revealed of what the dark room is though that's either. true that's true so I guess. it's kind of like this weird interesting poll but who's playing the pre sequel right now and hasn't played Life is Strange like you don't do that you don't you just do don't that. do it I'd only recommend someone to do it, and I wouldn't even recommend someone to do no, that. No, I would I not know. recommend that at all. I'd recommend you play it this way because I don't know that this game is works as well without knowing the fate of these characters. Yeah. Oh, man, how mad would you be, though, if you played the pre-sequel? And then, 
what if I just lied to you and was like, yeah, the the choices you make in this game affect the one. Oh my in this. god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, be so fucking furious. That'd be man. fucking the worst. Holy shit! <laughs> oh. oh man. So overall, epilogue. How'd you feel about it though? Like all the different little vignette scenes we got. Basically, we got the you know the fucking ending of the original, yeah. a bit different. I felt weirdly dissatisfied by a couple things where other things I was okay with. And for some reason, whenever I walk away from an ending, I don't like it. But the more time passes, the more I'm okay with it. So I think some time just needs to pass considering I (laughs) finished it like like six hours ago. (laughs) So maybe some more time needs to pass and I need to think about it and digest it a little more. But I think... There was some missing things for me in the sense where I I wish I could have seen their friendship a little bit more than I did. And I, I guess I feel like I saw too much of the struggle and the, like, immediate bonding and stuff like that where I would have just liked to have fun with Rachel, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I don't know. I think you get a little bit of that throughout the series, but not much. You're right. It's definitely not. There's not much of that. It, but yeah. Go ahead. No, you're. You're. I was just gonna say. I think you're right. It makes it somewhat hard in the earlier episodes to buy their connection. Like it makes it somewhat difficult to buy that they're friends, which makes it even more difficult to buy that they're lovers. So it's like okay. I don't. I didn't really start to feel that way until like most of the way through episode two. And then I just wanted yeah. more of it, which, like, I understood why you didn't get it in episode three, because it's, like, super emotional, and then she gets stabbed. Like, you're not going to get that. There's no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no time for friendship But, right like, now. that that was that was the thing. It's, like, I felt melancholy afterwards, because I was like, oh, I really, like, I felt genuinely good watching the two of them, like, have fun and just be together. And, like, it was good, and it was cute, and I enjoyed it. And, like, that's that's kind of all I got of that. Like, I wanted more of that in episode one. Like, I wanted more of that instant exactly. connection early on so I could have felt as, like, into the story. Yeah. But I just... I'm glad they didn't fuck it up in ways that they could have. I think there's a lot of ways they could have ended this game. They could have so hardly transitioned from the third to first game. And I'm glad that they didn't. Oh, and yeah. part of me knew that they wouldn't, but I was a little scared that they, they still would make some kind of connection. And part of me thought still that, like, there's a possibility that what we knew in the first game isn't true. Like, I had some, like, weird suspicions that, that they might pull, like, kind of like what you thought happened to her actually didn't, but... No, no, it totally yeah. Did. I am very glad they respected the the canon of the first game in that way. And like like you had mentioned, I was when I started playing this game, I was afraid they would try to tie too many of the pieces closed and like not just have the gall to tell their own story. And they didn't. And I really appreciated that. And I, I mean, so you obviously said you needed more time to pass. I actually really liked the epilogue. I thought. It gave me what I needed. I thought it was almost maybe a little bit too filled with scenes that I didn't care about. Like, I I liked the scene with Frank. I liked the scene that you get with James. I, you know, you get, like, a short scene with Elliot, which I didn't really care about. You get, like... Oh, yeah. What was your... What was what happened to your Elliot, by the way? literally just a scene of him packing up his boxes in the dorm room and Principal Wells standing outside, and that's it. See, 
See, mine was he actually didn't get kicked out of school. He's sitting at his desk and he tears a picture of of uh, you and him and Chloe. Okay. So I guess the the difference between winning or failing that back talk is if he uh, if he gets kicked out. Exactly, yeah. and that's yeah, fine. So that's kind of interesting. I get that, but I uh, I didn't need all of that. Right at the end of the day, I didn't care. I cared a little bit about like. Mikey and Drew and Steph, like, I wanted to see them together because they were, like, enough of a part of the story and and attached enough to the main story that I wanted to see their resolution. And, like, David and Joyce, I kind of liked. Again, I had an issue with it because I was part of that group hug, and I I just didn't buy them not having any relationship at all afterwards. But, like, the only things I wanted to see were, like, how Rachel's family was affected, how Chloe and Rachel's relationship changed, and then, like the scenes with them together and I got those and I was happy with them. Like, I think the epilogue could have been 30 seconds shorter and it may have even been better, but I overall, I really enjoyed it. It gave me satisfying conclusion. It didn't strike me as like, at least before the credits, it wasn't just going for easy gut punches because it could, it showed like, Hey, Rachel's life got a little fucked up. Her home life is destroyed, but your relationship with her is really strong. Like you had a good time and I appreciated that. Here's the weird thing. Here's like a really weird part is I know he has political power. Yeah. But man, too much stuff happened. And I just don't think he could have gotten away with all of it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In my ending, think of it this way. In my ending, an alarm went off, right? Mm -hmm. For a home. Me and the character left with open evidence uh letters about like you know, all this stuff it just there were just too many holes with his story and like the legalities of everything and like investigation and frank just like gets away with murder like super simply because you know he's there in the next game and whatever i mean i guess it's because he's a drug dealer it doesn't really matter that like he's not people aren't too concerned about his death yeah. i would assume but like i don't know it just it seems like all too convenient that all of this should happen and there were cops involved in someone's home and there was literal murder evidence <laughs> in his home and he was fine. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily bought it either. I feel but... like also like Rachel is someone that wouldn't let that shit stand and just like still live with them because I, I i assume that they still live together I don't know in our ending i don't know we yeah. see such a destroyed household know. that you just can't be sure one way or the other yeah and like it just seems weird that no one does anything to like show people that he hired someone you know what i mean to like for this i don't know it just it just seems too too convenient. Yeah, for that. They definitely did gloss over it. They didn't they didn't dive into it. They didn't try and explain it. I think there are maybe things they could have done um as a whole. I I definitely agree with you. Like it doesn't make a ton of sense. It doesn't seem 100% believable. I guess at the end I just didn't like it didn't bother me that much because I was at that game for Chloe and Rachel's relationship and that's kind of the only thing that I I cared about by the end of it. 
but you're right. Like yeah. if you if you try and dissect it, I don't think it holds up very well. No, and I, you know, I actually did like because I know we're supposed to see Damon as the as a villain here, but you know, I kind of see him as a pretty big, pretty big villain in this kind of story. You know what I mean? And like James is a villain. James, yeah. yeah, James is a villain, and like I guess when I told the truth. I was kind of expecting to see some redemption for him. You know what I mean? Not redemption, but justice served yeah. him a little bit. Yeah, but I can understand that. But anyways, we didn't get move it. on for that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, overall, in terms of like, how do I feel about Life is Strange before the storm? Pretty good. I expected to hate yeah. it. I really genuinely expected to dislike this game going into it because it was a prequel to a game that didn't need a prequel. It was done by a different studio. They were removing some of the elements of the game that defined what Life is Strange was. We were playing as a character that we didn't have control over previously who could be grading at times. Like, I expected to hate this game. And overall, I think they did a really, really good job with it. Like, I think the writing tended to be pretty good. I think the the story direction was good. I think they took chances where they wanted to and, like, gave them creative control and didn't, like, try and make it too fan service-y. Uh, I mean, I think there were issues. I think some of the characters were sort of uninteresting, and I also do think the voice acting was not good for a lot of the characters. I think... Yeah. I think Chloe did fine. I think Rachel did well, lines. fine. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. like James and Rose sucked. They were bad. <laughs> I didn't like them. Yeah. And like David wasn't great. And Joyce wasn't phenomenal. And Let me give you my best James impression. I really appreciate you telling the truth, Chloe. <laughs> no, it has too much definition. Can you make it blander? Oh, sorry. I really appreciate you telling the truth. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Now, just real quick, if you could just shake all of the features off of your face, I think you'll be, like, right on point. (laughs) Like, James was an interesting character who had a a kind of fun arc, but, man, they just didn't do him justice in his design or the the acting of his character very much at all. Um, I thought Chloe was generally good. I I was good. I liked her by the end of episode three, but I definitely had issues that she wasn't doing as well as Ashley Birch early on. So, like, I don't want to harp on the voice acting too much because that's such a small part of the game, but it's also such a big part of the game. Um, yeah, and I think no, that's it, big. it carried a lot of... I mean, it's practically a fucking TV show. Yeah. Let's be real here. So if the acting's not great in a TV show, people aren't going to enjoy it. And if the voice acting isn't great in this game, like, there are scenes where I was just like, that should have been impactful, and it wasn't. Because I yeah. didn't care. Um, so that was good. Um, how, how did you walk away from Before the Storm? How do you feel? Uh, I felt good. I felt better. Like you said, better than I expected. And I think they did everything they could. I want to say without knowing the truth that I feel like each time they released an episode, I think they changed some things like after my prime like evidence of that is I think a lot of the teasers for the next episodes really didn't match up yeah. with the with the actual episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they base their changes off of, but you know, good job doing whatever you did. Yeah. Because every time a teaser came up, I go, eh, I'm not gonna like this next <laughs> one. Like and then, you know, it was all right every time. So I I think walking away from it, I like, guess pretty good game. 
it 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 had me worried at times, but I'll leave I'm leaving with a smile. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, this game was obviously three episodes long as opposed to five episodes long. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say just from my personal point of view, I think that definitely worked to the game's favor. Um, you yeah, could definitely. probably have, I don't need two more episodes. Yeah, you. I mean, like, I loved again, loved, loved, loved the original Life is Strange. You could cut twenty five percent of that game, and it would still be just as good, if not better. Yes. You could cut yeah. most of episode two and like a third of episode three, and maybe an hour of episode five, and it would still be a good game, and it would be a better game. So the fact that they defined early on that like hey this is going to be a trilogy i think worked to their favor because they probably cut out a decent amount of filler that they had and yeah. i appreciate that a lot because i man didn't the filler that. in this game imagine two episodes of filler in this world like in life is strange world it was tolerable but like some of the characters in this world i just i'll pass yeah it's like a hard pass yeah if if, if i had had two more episodes of filler i would be walking away from this saying this prequel was not great so yeah Good job yeah, to them in good. that one. Good, 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 good. Um, I I think there are two really big overarching things in this. I think number one is we kind of talked about the um, the different themings of lying in this. And, you know, they kind of gloss over white lies and lies to protect people and... I think that especially in episode three, they handled it really well. And we touched upon it a couple other times, but I want to give a a praise to that because I think that was, it may actually made me think about the things that I would, you know, I've kept up in my life or other people have kept away from me, which other games and other stuff has never made me think of that, of this specific subject. Yeah. Totally. I think they do a, a really good job of, of carrying that theme throughout the episode. And like you said, I, this is something that as I've gotten older, I've become more conscious of, like thinking about, okay, you know, when you're young, it's a lot of lying's bad, right? That's that's kind of what everyone's brought up on is like, you always tell the truth because telling the truth is good. Um, and then you sort of introduce the idea of like, oh, well, we tell this lie so we don't hurt this person's feelings. But like, you know, now that I'm in my mid-20s, it's a lot more of like, hey – the truth maybe does carry a significant consequence here. Like I have to legitimately weigh the options of like, is this the right time for this? Is this the way to do things? Like I've had moments in time where I thought to myself, like, should I tell this person the truth? And if so, like why and why not? And I think this is a game that like really genuinely posed that question and built scenes that like actually had weight to them when you asked that question. And I think, Again, I, I maybe prefer the ending of the original Life is Strange, but at the end of the day, the ending of the original Life is Strange is like, who do you care more about, Chloe or this town? Whereas the ending yeah. of this one is like, what do you care more about, like, the well-being that this person has or the truth that, like, exists in the world? And I think that's a really, really interesting question to pose that, like you said, not mm-hmm. a lot of other games will even tackle, much less tackle well. Yeah. So, cause that one. I think the other kind is um, I wanted to talk about is there's a lot of loss in this game. Mm-hmm. I think there's they all connect in a lot of good ways, but they're all also very different. And we don't really have to like go into it because now we're kind of running out of time here. Yeah. But I think the the three main ones here is like David between the war buddy, 
Chloe and Max and um, Rachel and Sarah. And but to be fair, I Chloe think and her it, dad too. Mm-hmm. Chloe's got a double whammy. Chloe going. and her dad. Yeah, <laughs> Chloe's got a double double slams. <laughs> I like how she has an option to be like when you're talking to Sarah, you're like, how am I going to uh, how am I going to connect to this person who's had loss? Oh, I have two options to talk about. Yay! <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's got she's got a lot on her plate. So and I feel like there wasn't this didn't come up so much in the first. Life is Strange, even though, mm, well, I mean, I guess only one of these is really applicable in the first one. Yeah. But I just think there is a lot of interesting parallels that you can see between the three. Like, even if I didn't know much about David and Phil, like, I don't know. I I thought about David and Phil while I was playing and kind of like seeing when they would bring that kind of stuff up. And they don't ham fist it, but it still does, you know pop up a little bit yeah so i like that i i i agree i think i would have liked to see them maybe tackle the differences in those types of loss a little more because you do get a lot of scenes of chloe basically saying like oh well i relate to you because my dad died and like she's not necessarily wrong but also those things aren't the same yeah and i i kind of felt the same way with david and he's like i know how you feel i lost my friend in the war and it's not the same. Not to say one's worse or better, or you know what I mean. Yeah, like, but it's, it's just not the same. Totally. Like, yeah. especially losing somebody at the like losing your father at the age that Chloe did versus losing you know a friend when you're old enough to be in the military is like obviously it's very different. You're in different places that shapes your life in different ways, and like I would have liked to see them at least address that briefly, as opposed to just sort of like treating it like a hand of go fish like well i have this one and you have that one so it equals out. Yeah. like mm, well that's not really how it how it works but i do appreciate that they they kind of address that and it is it does make me wish that they dealt with that theme a little bit more in in life is strange um season one is it, it, good it's great uh, they, they addressed it a little bit but i feel like they did a, they had touched on it like they touched on the themes of loss a little more maturely in this one i think yeah. So, yeah. Overall, yeah. good. I'm uh, I'm gonna close this out with an with an age old question here. Yeah. Hit me. This is with this was in the first one. This was uh, you know, it's a big big question here. Do did your choices feel impactful in this one? In this run of life is strange. In the moment, yes. Um, mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, when I see the epilogue and can kind of see the workings of it, like, nah, it doesn't feel like anything I did mattered, but you do get, you know, I got a little bit in some of the scenes where it's like, Hey, this is a different scene and this feels different, but also having played the entire original one and like a couple other like telltale style games like this, you start to see the inner workings and you start to see like the lines in the scenes that have to be the same no matter what and like where your choices stop mattering so i don't think they really did a great job with this time around this time yeah this time around i did not feel like my choices mattered like nearly at all i think um the the only really big ones were you know like were and i, I say big in quotations is like were you going to get along with David and like where 
I don't know. There, there really isn't any. You know what so, I mean? Like, and that's not a bad thing because it's short. Yeah. But like, I still, I just don't feel like I got a lot out of the choices, and I kind of wish there was a little bit more to it. I felt like the final choice did feel impactful, regardless of whether yeah. or not it was in terms of like what the final it changes. Choice was fine. It was good, and I felt like in episode two. When you make the decision to either hide in the room when Drew's getting beat up or not, that one also felt strong and powerful. But the rest of them kind of didn't seem like they mattered, and I didn't feel like they mattered in the moment either. Yeah, so I I think overall the first Life is Strange definitely, like, threw me for a bigger loop with the choices and consequences and everything like that. And I think that game obviously needed to highlight the choices more because – Hey, I can see which how it impacts, and like I don't have to play this fucking sit on the screen for eight hours and determine (laughs) what the character is actually going to say because fucking it never says what that one sentence actually is. Oh god, you've got a fucking wall with just a bunch of pieces of string connecting dialogue options, and you're like, but what will she say? But what will she say? (laughs) Exactly, because I can't fucking go back on that one. Yeah. Anyways, so. I think the choices in this game did not feel as impactful or as meaningful. Not to say that makes the game worse, but I I missed it. I really missed that part of Life is Strange, and it didn't it it didn't get my ooh, you know what I mean? Like didn't get my oh yes, I like this yeah. kind of thing. It just got me just a little bit. I will say there was one time after the epilogue where I still felt like oh man, maybe your choices did matter a lot, which was there's like. And the choices, you know, you see like, oh, players do this, players didn't do this. There was a final choice. It was like, did Sarah meet Rachel? Like, did she get to meet mm-hmm. her mom? And like, three percent of players got it. Wait, what? Yeah. So there's like, what? There's a little bonus scene, which it hold on. It ends up being literally like a five second scene in the epilogue, just like when you and Rachel are sitting on the bench at the lighthouse, like zooms out a little bit, and then like Sarah walks up to her, um, and you have to do a certain set of dialogue options. But that's some bull. Like, shit. also, you have to choose a bad option, right? Because in episode two, when you're like in the street after the play, talking about how you're going to escape, you say like, "Oh, I need some sort of like proof." And like, obviously, everybody asks for a kiss because, like, yeah, that's what you do. That's what everyone's been waiting for. But you have to choose, like, oh, oh, give you ask for the fucking bracelet, yeah, and then you can God show that to Sarah it. when she's about to leave, <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I gave that to her like so long ago, and like it's like okay, uh, I get it, but fuck you, like yeah, that's a that's a dick move. Yeah, see, all the all the things in life is strange are like the first one are like I can see how this will impact me, and it's hard for me to choose, mm-hmm. like. That would be, okay, do I want her to prove it by something little and that's not going to be as meaningful? Or do I want to, you know, I want to get some lip here. Yeah, it was uh, like. <laughs> and and the first one, it just, yeah. It, it, you, I never went through a decision in the first one and went, that's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, I think that it irked me a little bit when I found out that that was the only choice that really played anything into it. And, like, I get it. I get it. They I they don't. wanted to do something that's like, hey, we want to give this, like, secret extra ending to players who, who go through it a special way. And also, no. it makes sense, like, to be able to show, uh, like, something to her mom. Like, it, it makes sense in context of being like, hey, this thing that you gave her, like, she still wears it every day, even though she doesn't, like, know you really... Like, I can understand why that might be impactful, but also, no one's going to choose that fucking option. 
That's not the option that a. anyone wants. And they knew that. They knew no one was going to choose that option. Also, also, no, I don't agree with you at all. I think her, realistically, her choice would not change based on a fucking bracelet. Yeah. Like, I get that it's impactful, but, like, she was so set and solid in her decisions where I don't think a bracelet would change her mind and go, well, you know what? She does wear this every day. Maybe I should meet her. No, I think she would still think the same thing. In defense of the game, again, it, she's not like she sees that bracelet and then rushes to the hospital. It does happen at the end yeah. of the epilogue after you've already gone against what she asked and told her about everything. So it's possible that she's yeah. like, oh, well, as long as the damage is already done, then. <laughs> I guess I guess what it comes down to is the the reality that we're so fickle as humans that, like, something as simple, like, an emotional pull as simple as, like, a bracelet. Mm-hmm can like make us make that kind of decision so i guess that's it so i think unless you had anything else you wanted to say no i'm good i'm tired too so that that (laughs) closes us on life is strange before the storm uh we've completed this like we said there's a bonus episode which we might or might not do something else with it'll just depend on kind of what it is and whether or not it's worth it um, but yeah, mm-hmm. overall, that's that's gonna cap our Life is Strange content until season two comes out um, sometime in the the unnamed future. So it's been fun. I'm I'm glad we got to dive back into it. I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Uh, and and I guess we're gonna move on to bigger and better things then. That's all the beef in the pot, boys. It's all the beef in the pot. It's different season three closer. It's different. Yeah, check out our last episode where we discussed our top games that we've played. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. It's late. We're we gave, no, we, it wasn't top games we played. It was the awards. Game awards that we played. Check it out. It was a good episode. It's a lot of spoilers. Check it out anyway. It's great. Anyway, yeah. like Duncan oh. said, beef in the pot. Yeah, also check us out on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, social media plugs. On Facebook. Yeah, search us on thoughts Facebook, from one, Thoughts on from Facebook. Player One, or Twitter, Thoughts from P1. And you can send us an email, player one at gmail.com. Um, we, we are always excited, you know, to hear from you guys. If you want us to play a game or want us to, we're, you know, if you want us to talk about a game we're going to play or, like, have a question if we make an announcement, mm-hmm. For a game we're going to play, which I don't know what we're going to play next. Yeah. Oh, we're going to play that old man game. Probably. Yeah. Probably. At some point, we're going to play this <laughs> old man <laughs> At game. At some point, we'll play this game about an old person. I don't know. Old man's journey. Old, old man's, man's journey. journey. We're going to play. It's on the docket. It's on the docket. Yeah. We're going to play. So if you guys have played old man's journey and you want to ask us questions about it or you want us to talk about it, we will. Yeah. So that's that's or it. Or even if you just have feedback about episodes we we did or questions that yeah. we didn't answer about previous games and you want us to maybe like we'll, touch back on those, we'll we could always do a, an yeah. episode where we we answer a couple of those questions. So definitely yeah. again thoughts from player one at gmail dot com. Um, rate us on iTunes and uh, yeah that is actually going to close it this time except for one more thing again mm-hmm. i'm leaving soon i'm moving across the country so please oh, be very yeah. patient the next episode after this one will probably be late and we're going to do our best or i'll do something by myself you know or know. you know duncan will do something by himself who knows who yeah. knows anyway who knows? hit us with that the will be an again, awkward duncan. episode that is all the beef in the pot boys it's smelling good <laughs> smelling beefy Gross. good night everybody good night
So are you? 